Water, Welcome you. to the Security Squawk Podcast, where we discuss the business of cybersecurity. Here are your hosts, Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, Randy Bryan, and Ryan O'Hara. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Security Squawk Podcast. Another episode. Dude, we got a ton of ransomware attacks. I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, just remember... If you catch anything on this show that made you think, that you like, that you give you a new perspective, if we taught you anything, share us out, rate us on your podcast platform that you're listening to us on, five-star review if we deserve it. If not, you can just move on. And remember, the show's free, and that's all we ask. We don't bore you with ads. We don't, you know, interrupt this show with annoying commercials. We just bring you the goods. We talk about... What the heck is happening out there in the world of cybersecurity in hopes that you can start actually trying to protect yourself and your businesses from all these cyber attacks. Unfortunately, we don't have Ryan with us this week. He felt ill today and didn't feel up to jumping on the show, but the three of us are going to pick up the slack and, and uh, talk to you about a, just a ton of ransomware attacks, guys. Um, this is probably the worst I've seen in a long time, and it probably um puts a big dent in what we saw towards the end of last year where they were kind of saying oh ransomware attacks are going down um they aren't going down this quarter i can tell you that uh on the heels of what we talked about last week which was the vmware esxi we're still seeing tons of organizations um falling victim to ransomware because of that uh but we have other vulnerabilities out there that are being exploited by all these ransomware groups that are cropping up left and right. First one we're going to jump into is this clop. And there is a go anywhere, which is a remote access tool um, that's used by a, a lot of individuals out there. Um, they uh, had a vulnerability. I believe it was a vulnerability that was CVE this year uh, based on the number I saw in the article. I don't have in front of me. Um, but the CLOP ransomware group was able to breach 130 organizations using the Go Anywhere uh, zero day. Uh, and it's basically saying the CLOP gang claims to be behind recent attacks that exploited a zero day vulnerability in the Go Anywhere MFT secure file transfer tool, saying they stole data from over 130 organizations. The uh, CVE is 2023-0669 and enables an attacker to gain remote code execution on unpatched Go Anywhere MFT instances with their administrative console exposed to internet access. Um, wow, okay, let's jump into this a little bit, guys. Security flaw, enable attackers to gain remote code execution, which is we've already talked about on this show, not ideal for anybody if that happens. Uh, unpatch go to anywhere with an administrative console that has to be exposed to the internet. Jesus, like, that's like a recipe for like hack me. Well, yeah, I mean, there, it's literally a file transfer solution for other company to where you can transfer from you your company to other companies across the internet. So they're going to have internet access. 
you know, or they wouldn't have it installed on that computer in the first place. Um, basically gives them admin access and man, one admin access to that computer, which means um, if they have any credentials on the network that are saved on that computer, boom, they're in. We're talking five minutes. You know, if they have, if they have Adobe, Adobe Acrobat version nine on that computer, boom, they're in. They have control of everything. I'm sure they're going to scan all of the vulnerabilities. But then the other thing is they're having access to what's getting sent and received. So it's pretty let's bad. Ed let's educate everybody a little bit on what this Go Anywhere MFT is. You, you need to install this onto a server. And Randy's accurate in, in what he said with this is a file transfer tool. But... A lot of people, I think I'm, I'm accurate when I say this, more people are probably familiar with file transfer tools that are cloud-based, like, you know, you know, Google Drive essentially could be used as a file transfer Dropbox. tool, right? Dropbox, right. Um, think about, you know, companies that put that technology on servers that they own, maintain and manage. Maybe it's more cost-effective for large enterprises to do it that way. I don't know. Um, but here you see the, you know, the security risk that's introduced into businesses just by the, the general nature of, of these, uh, of how this technology works is like you, you have to have these things exposed to the internet. Otherwise you won't be able to share those files. Um, the other thing of it is, is it has to be unpatched, right? Um, so Clop has gone out and, and reached out to bleeping computer and they told them that they allegedly stole the data over the course of 10 days after breaching servers vulnerable to exploits targeting this bug. And guys, you, we've talked about this on this show a million times. If you're going to expose something to the internet, you better make sure that you're patching that as quickly as you possibly can when updates come out. I mean, that's thing one, right? You guys agree with that? Yeah. So, oh. Well, and I would add a little thing to that as to if there's anybody watching that's into IT, um, you shouldn't have your outgoing traffic just be unfettered. Right. Um, so right. a lot of firewalls out of the box, like say a sonic wall out of the box, you plug it in, it's going to block incoming traffic, um, but it's not going to block any outgoing traffic. And that's what Brian's referring to here, because these vulnerabilities, obviously, it's a little more, little more complex than that. But they'll at least be able to find that they're there if they're on the Internet and they're unpatched and they're just basically sending signals, you know, all over the Internet. So you need to block the traffic both ways. 100 percent. And obviously, if you do need to allow traffic into your network for something like this, you also want to make sure you're watching that as well and blocking, you know, potentially by geography or maybe just by IP address that you're only allowing certain IPs in or you're only allowing certain countries in. Um, these are things that you should consider before exposing these devices to the internet. You don't want some search engine like Shodan being able to just pick up what you have exposed on your IP address and then tell the rest of the world, like, hey, this, you know, go anywhere, MFT server, and this version's running. This is all stuff you can look up on search engines that were built by people. Tools like Shodan, it's S-H-O-D-A-N. You can go check it out yourself. They will tell you it, where in the world these go anywhere MFT servers are by version. And hackers will know what version numbers are vulnerable, and they'll just go after those servers. That's why they were able to do 
130. Um, and then the group goes on and says that they then claim that they could move laterally through their victims' networks and deploy ransomware payloads to encrypt their systems, but decided against it and only stole the documents stored on the compromised Go Anywhere MFT servers. So not only do, you know, they're not saying how many um, they could do that with, but here you go. I mean, they got in through essentially an open door uh, on the Internet. They were able to just essentially walk through. Uh, and then once they got into there, they were like, oh, look, you know, we can move laterally across this network now. Um, they did go in to say that the game, the gang refused to provide proof or share additional details regarding their claims. Uh, and they already and asked if they already extor started extorting their victims and what kind of ransom they were asking for. Um, the cop just decided we're not going to give out any more information. So I don't know, guys. Uh any any thoughts here? What's going on with this? This is wild. I mean, this yeah, is this is potentially could be right up there with exchange. Yeah, it's pretty scary because um, Shodan is showing about a thousand of these servers online right now. We're only ten days into it, and what? That's about ten percent, thirteen percent that's already uh, been compromised. Oh. And who knows if there's multiple ransomware groups that are in it? So right. Like, it's like a big, uh, big game of who gets there first and who causes the damage first. So you literally get on LinkedIn, you find out the people that are inside that company and you send them a phishing email of some sort that opens up, you know, what through some little scheme opens up a, even a local, uh, local authority on their, on their, on their workstation take advantage of this bada bing bada boom and you know i mean like i said a little more complex than that but wow those companies are extremely vulnerable and they need to patch if they haven't already that's that's disturbing andre well, thanks for looking that up man yep so essentially uh the developers of go to anywhere mft uh their developers fortra they used to be known as help systems Disclosed it to customers last week that the vulnerability was being exploited as a zero day in the wild. And a proof of concept exploit was also released online, allowing unauthentic unauthenticated remote code execution on vulnerable servers. Uh, and the company issued emergency security updates the next day to allow customers to secure their servers from incoming uh, attack attempts. Uh, Fortra then posted another update on its support website, only accessible uh, with logging into an account saying that some of its MFT as a service instances were also breached in the attack. So here you have servers in their own cloud being breached and attacked. Wow. Um, we've determined that an unauthorized party accessed the systems via a previously unknown exploit and created unauthorized user accounts. I don't even know what to say about this. This is like scary stuff. Um, we are working with customers directly to assess their individual potential impact, apply mitigations, and restore systems. This is bad. Um, mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of companies that were victims of this that they're going to are going to have to disclose their own own breaches. I mean, this is this is a supply chain breach to the nth degree. Yeah. Now, can't go meeting just like force an update? I mean, if it's online, can't they go around and just say, "Look, we're just going to"? I guess. No? It, I, I mean. It, if their software is not 
program to do like an auto update like that and somebody has oh, to actually yeah. apply it then you know yeah i i you would know. imagine that that's how it is i mean especially things on servers i mean they don't normally push yeah. updates to things on servers so i i think on in in this particular case with clop i would bet that the reasoning behind not pushing the ransomware because they obviously have admin access to whatever computer they're getting on. And, you know, if they get on a hundred computers, I guarantee you they're going to get network credentials off at least a few of those and will own the entire network. Or if the one that they're on has any kind of vulnerability of thousands of vulnerabilities, they can get into the network and own the network. But I think they're holding back on the ransomware because if they just did ransomware, like at least half of those people are just going to restore backups just go back to normal but by by exfiltrating the data i think they've made a decision that says hey we exfiltrate the data we have a better chance of making more money in the long run yep because all people have to keep talking with us instead of just you know half of them that have backups or whatever um restoring back so uh i just want to touch on real quickly and we're going to blow through the rest of this stuff quickly here um so Shodan is saying there's over a thousand go anywhere instances exposed online. Um, and uh, only about 135 have the exposed ports vulnerable to the admin console. So that's somewhat good. Um, but here you go with Shodan telling you that these things exist, just like we talked about last week with VMware. You could use Shodan to find out where these servers exist. Um, so it's just getting way too easy for people to discover these things. And as a result, uh, I guess we had healthcare giant CHS was one of the first ones to report a, a go to anywhere hack. So they were one of the companies that had this server exposed in this manner. Um, and I just want to kind of throw it out there this way and, and wrap up the conversation around this particular issue like this. Like, what do you, where do you think the disconnect is, guys, between the security professionals or the IT professionals at an organization like CHS and somebody advising management, like, this is a bad idea? Like, like, because that's what would be like, even if, even if this vulnerability didn't exist, the things that I'm hearing and what I'm reading about. I would never, ever allow my clients' networks to be run in this manner. You know, th this one, I think this has gone down relatively fast. Um, two, we've talked about this a lot. I think that most, most IT directors feel alone mm -hmm. and don't feel supported in everything. Mm -hmm. and are expected just to handle it. Right. Um, that's not a good excuse. I think that's where part of the disconnect comes from, which I actually believe that's where the disconnect comes from or, you know, in, in look, other nuances of that relationship. I think that's why we're seeing like with the FTC safeguards rule, they're saying written plans, you know, written risk assessments, written uh, reviews, risk, written follow up, you know, written incident response plan, written reporting that goes to the CEO. So like the CEO's on the hook now. 
Um, and I'm not saying the CEOs necessarily, their C-level necessarily the bad people, but I think it's just been real easy for everybody just to be busy and kind of ignore each other on either side of this fence. And then you get left with something like this. I mean, I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. Those are my I, thoughts on it. I think it goes with, with outside of incompetence, I think it's money. I think, you know, you can have the IT director go to the C-level and request, hey, we've been using this software, it's legacy, there's cloud options, there's ways we can do a better job in file transferring, but then they don't want to spend the money. They they probably doesn't have a subscription for this service and it's just working and they're just 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 going with that. Yeah, I mean, the reason I asked the question is because I wanted to paint the picture of how, and you guys brought two really good perspectives on what you're seeing out there in the world and they're both very accurate. Um, and the reality of it is, is that all these things are, are leading to why we're ending up in the place that we are. And, and unfortunately there's a lot of different reasons why these things end up the way that they are. Um, and, and both of those reasons were, were valid. I mean, there's just a lot of different reasons why, why companies aren't doing these things and why, why we're seeing systems being set up in the manner that they're being set up. Um, and that's, that's just kind of the world we live in right now. So hopefully companies start investing in outside help for this stuff so they can at least get a fresh set of eyes on on their IT and how it's being constructed and managed and, and all those things. And I think that will definitely, you know, put us ahead in, in the game, um, you know, in the future. But right now, you know, it's a, it's a long time before we're going to get there. I can definitely say that. So Pepsi bottling, go ahead. Well, just real quick, and in the press release, I'm not saying they underplayed it, but they basically are like, a million people were affected, and you know, but good news is all of our systems seem to be unaffected. You know, not even mentioning that they're in your systems, y'all. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah nothing's infected, but they're doing what they want with impunity. Um, and well, then, no, but they also stole data. Yeah, and at the end, they're like. Oh yeah, and a, and a million people are affected, and it's yeah, like, right? That's a really big deal. They stole data, right? They stole data, and if if these guys are being honest about what they were able to do once they gained that remote code execution control, they could have deployed ransomware if they wanted to, and yeah. a lot of these companies would be singing a, a much different tune today. Um, and I, I, quite frankly, I don't doubt that they had lateral movement going on. Um, if you're exposing your servers to the internet, you are clearly not qualified to be managing the security for your company. Um, that's just, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Pepsi Bottling Ventures, they were also hit with ransomware. Um, they are a separate company from Pepsi Cola, uh, but they were founded in 1943. They operate 18 bottle, bottling and distribution facilities in North and, and South Carolina, Maryland, Virginia, and Delaware. They employ about 2,300 people. Um, the hackers deployed malware. I don't think it was ransomware. And then when they deployed the malware, uh, they downloaded information stored on the systems they had access to. And a, the company noted it was mainly employees information. Um, but, you know, here we go again with another company uh, that has employees where personal information was stolen, stolen at a mass amount. And the other disturbing thing about this situation over at Pepsi Bottling Ventures is that they were in the network 
uh, on December 23rd, right around Christmas time. Um, and they did not basically block their access until January 19th. So they were in there for nearly a month uh, before anyone figured out they were in there. Um, another manufacturing facility hit with ransomware. Thoughts, guys? This is so before I gave a different example, I think this is an example of incompetence because you have a $2.3 billion company. So you have the CISO, you have the IT staff, you have everything in place. I understand you need to keep employees' personal information, their social security number, their passport, whatever that is. But there's something called data at rest encryption where like this stuff should not be where if, if it gets on the hands of someone else, they should not be able to read this information. And, and, and or you should be able to be put these sensitive information into a system that just adds that extra layer of protection. But just for someone to just start going through your network and they see a passport folder or, you know, driver license information, that's crazy for a $2.3 billion company. 100%. So we also have this new, uh, at least I've never heard of them before. Um, this Mortal Kombat ransomware that is targeting uh, systems in the U.S. And hackers are conducting a new financially motivated campaign and are using a variant of another ransomware uh, together with the laps lapsless clipper in these cyber attacks and both malware infections are used to conduct financial fraud with the ransomware used to extort victims to receive the decryptor and lapless to steal cryptocurrency by hijacking crypto transactions. So they kind of married two different malwares together, one to deploy ransomware and one to basically try to find keys and wallet addresses on systems so they can try to pillage from them. Interesting, huh? That's kind of an, a new one here. What do you guys think? Yeah, and we always see those If um, in the article. It talks about, shows the email, you know, it has the zip file. It has the information that's trying to fish the um, person. So it's it's actually pretty, pretty clever. Yeah, and it's... it. It's clever and then also relying on the fact that, you know, if they can send out a jillion of these things, people are going to click on it. I mean, it must make their day every day to send out, oh, wait, how many uh, phishing emails you sent out? 100,000. How many people clicked? 2,000. How many systems do we own now? 1,000. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, people are going to click. It's sad, and it's but it's a reality. I mean, and like, you should... You should never, ever, ever be clicking on a zip file. And, you know, unless it's something that you absolutely know you were supposed to get, like you just got off the phone and they're like, I'm going to send you a zip file. That's so it's a crazy the, stuff. The other interesting twist to this ransomware is because we, we usually, you know, most people think of ransomware as like they um, it, encrypt your files, right? Your pictures, your, your word documents and, this one takes it a little bit further. It's actually uh, it encrypts the file system, uh, such as system application databases, backups, and virtual machine files, as well as remote locations on uh, as mapped and logical drives in the victim's machine. Um, and it also changes the wallpaper 
with the ransom note. Uh, and then it also disables the recycle bin. So people can't uh, retrieve files from there. And it also disables Windows run command and removes all entries from Windows startup. Wow. Powerful. But essentially encrypts your files and makes your computer basically not be able to run. So the only thing you see is the the, the wallpaper <laughs> and how to get your computer unlocked again. Okay, here. Gosh. I mean, it, it sounds like a cross between genius malware and hackers in their mom's basement. 100%. <laughs> Don't even know what to make of this. This is, this is crazy what's happening right now. Um, so moving right along, because we're running out of time quickly, I just want to quickly go into, and Randy, I would like you to talk about, I'm going to quickly mention the ones that we have left, which is the city of Oakland, California, is under a ransomware attack. Um, they were hit with a ransomware attack on Wednesday night that forced it to take all systems offline. Um, we also have um, a California police network. Please remind me what that was. I forget. <clears throat> um, I think it starts with an M. There. What is it? No, it's my. It's loading for me, so I don't have it yet. Uh, and then yeah, what is it? Modesto, Modesto like, yeah. California's police department yeah. was hobbled by a ransomware attack. <clears throat> um, Play ransomware group claims that they have a 10 networks under attack. And we can, we'll probably talk about these next week because there's so much here. We can't get it in all, all in the show. There's a New Jersey school uh, who their systems were attacked and data was stolen at the Bridgewater Raritan School, or no, it wasn't Bridgewater Raritan this time. That was earlier, I think. Um, no, it was yeah, Bridgewater Raritan and school officials confirmed an unauthorized actor was able to gain access to employees' insurance enrollment information, including social security numbers. Um, so that happened at a K through 12 school, which we always talk about on the show. But Randy, you kind of remarked when we brought this one up, and this is the Dallas Property Appraisal website. Um, is actually back online from a crippling ransomware attack that occurred in November. They just got back online here in early February, but you were kind of commenting in the green room. We'll wrap up the show with this. Like, why is this a big deal? You kind of mentioned like, that's a big deal. Like that system getting attacked. Can you kind of enlighten us on what this Dallas property appraisal system yeah, is and then why it's a big deal? Right. Yeah. So um, the Dallas County Appraisal District, so also Dallas CAD or Dallas CAD. Um, so they keep all the property records um, for Dallas County and they keep they keep records of like like if you own something, you're on a record there. Like you own a, you know, one, two, three, any street you're listed as the owner. Um, this email, by the way, on a slight little tangent. Um, it was an email that came in. They don't even know how long ago exactly it was. And like we always see, someone clicked. The, the bad guys got in. They took the lay of the land. They took their time. And then they hit on a giant bomb on election days when they decided to roll out the ransomware. But having this property information and having owners attached to it, this is invaluable because if there's somebody in Dallas County that they're targeting, you know, sometimes when you do like a credit application, a lot of times when you when you prove who you are online, 
maybe even to prove who you are online to one of the credit bureaus. They're going to ask you in 1992, you know, did you own, you know, blah, 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 or which address did you live in, you know, in Dallas in 1992 or whatever. Um, so this, this information can be cross-indexed in so many ways. And it does make me wonder, are they specifically, I know I'm, I'm probably overreaching here, but are they specifically targeting somebody or some company in Dallas County? Like right. what was their purpose? Exactly. It's just, this, you know, they sent out a million emails and, you know, Dallas CAD just happened to be the one of the thousand that clicked on it that day. Or was this a targeted what we call spear phishing where mm -hmm. they were targeting this particular appraisal district because they're trying to go after somebody, you know, and get somebody's uh, millions. But like always, this this data is invaluable and almost priceless and can be used for a lot of things. Um, yeah, and I also, you know, we, one of the things that you that, like that we talked about as well is just reading the tea leaves in this article. The cybersecurity maturity of this organization was not very good. Would you agree with me on that? Yes. The amount of time it took, how they handled the, the situation from the beginning, uh, the fact that an, e an employee was able to click on something and this much damage was. Uh, was able to occur. These are all things that, that we're, we want business owners to think about and why we do this show every single week is because we see this so much and city, it can happen in the city of Oakland. It can happen to your small business, right? And how are you checking? How, or do you have a company like mine, Randy's, Andre's or Ryan's coming in and doing a third party assessment of your, of your network? Because you should, because that's how you're going to get better and how you're going to know whether or not you have a good enough cybersecurity plan in place or system in place to protect the data that you're entrusted with. Um, it's wild. And I just think that people need to start becoming aware of everything that they can do in order to get better. Um, and yeah, and I'm just absolutely floored with how many attacks there are next week. I think the ones that we kind of blew through and talked about briefly, especially the one on A10 networks, will be something that we need to talk about next week in next week's episode um, because there's a lot there. If you actually, you know, I've been reading the article here while we've been talking, <clears throat> and you know, just alone that company um, provides software and hardware for next gen and 5G networks for cloud security and threat intelligence. That's not good if they get hacked. Mm -mm. Yeah. And so. I was just reading down in this article, they said that between November 8th and just like in the last few days, if you emailed Dallas CAD, they weren't getting the email. Like, oh, no. yeah. so can you imagine like all of the people that are property owners that had, that had this or that question or this or that, that getting intercepted um, by the people behind this attack and how that could be used in so many awful ways oh yeah you does are this impact the ability for does this impact the ability for them to process real estate transactions it's I, I, is it not that type of system or um no uh i i it's it's like is this where the title companies go to figure out if there's liens or anything like that or that i'm not sure of the, okay so that usually this in texas the cad's are just they're responsible for keeping up with the property who not keeping up with the property, but keeping up with who owns the property and then given an, given appraisal on it. 
um, because property taxes are how we fund um, like our school system. Sometimes um, fire departments are funded through property tax. A lot of things are funded through property tax. So they're responsible for keeping up with that and then giving an appraisal. So then the taxing districts, which are, are going to be separate, can tax. So probably it's involved in some property lookup, and I'm not sure if that was down or not over this whole time. So it could have. Yep. This is the difference between having an IT guy and a cybersecurity professional. I agree. Yep. And, and if you look at their website now, I put in the link, it's like a 1990s, uh, who knows, you know, what type of security this thing has. Right. All right, guys. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your insight. Another good show. And we will see everybody or talk to everybody next week. Take care, everyone. All right.